Are you cruising through life not always knowing what direction you were headed? Let Live On Purpose with Dr. Paul Jenkins be your guide. Live On Purpose will give you insights into your life and show you how you can become the driver and captain of it. No more aimless wandering. By learning the principles that govern happiness and wealth, you will be able to make personal progress that you have only dreamed possible. And now, here's your host, the shrink who expands your life, Dr. Paul. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. Glad to have you with us again. Glad that so many have joined our little family here and you've spread the news about this show. It's been growing. We're getting uh, quite a few new people signing on every week and that's just really exciting to me. And I hope that this is creating some value for you. We have fun here every week at Live on Purpose Radio as we try to bring you some ideas and concepts and principles that will help you to take control of your life and live more on purpose. Because that's going to be a great thing if you can do that. Again, today, here on Live on Purpose Radio, we have a fantastic guest. You have heard from her before. This is Summer Morris. She is a coach with Creation Tree Coaching. She has a number of specialties, some of which we're going to be talking about today. But Summer, I want to welcome you back to Live on Purpose Radio. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be back. I thoroughly enjoy my time here. Thank you. We've had a lot of fun, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. And we've been learning a lot, too. Yeah. And Summer, you've, you've kind of latched onto some interesting things lately that I really want to share with our listeners today. And as you and I were talking about uh, doing another show together, one of the things that you have, have uh, caught on to, well, there's, there's two things I want to mention right here up front. Okay. And one of those things is some specialty work that you've been doing to help families and couples who are dealing with issues related to infertility. Right. In fact, you have, you have a, a wonderful blog about this. It's called Infertelligence. <laughs> that is so clever. I know. <laughs> Infertelligence. That's I-N-F-E-R-T-E-L-L-I-G-E-N-C-E. Infertelligence.wordpress.com. Right. That's where they can find your blog. And you can link to it through my blogs, too, if you're familiar with mine. But Summer, you've been doing some wonderful things to help families who are dealing with those particular issues related to infertility mm-hmm. and difficulties in starting a family. Right. We yeah. have, um, currently I have a, a group that I held once a month. It's usually on the last Wednesday or Thursday of the month. Um, and we held, hold that at American Fork Library. And mm-hmm. um, they can, anyone who is interested in that can go to... Um, my blog site and the information mm-hmm. will be up there, but also contact me through a different email address, which is summer a Morris at yahoo.com and okay. or summer at creation tree coaching.com. And I will be happy to answer any questions that they have for me there. It's a oh, wonderful fantastic. group of, and a fun opportunity to get couples together and just talking about some mm-hmm. things most people don't talk about with them. So it's really fun mm-hmm. and it seems like it's really been valuable for people that have joined us. Now, Summer, a little bit of background about you. I've, I've known you for a number of years, and you and I worked together in a mental health clinic called Preferred Family Clinic mm-hmm. for a number of years. Right. And uh, you have, have gone through a training 
process and through some educational experiences to uh, to obtain a master's degree mm-hmm. and a license as a professional counselor. Mm-hmm. I want people to know about that because your credentials are very deep and meaningful <laughs> and you have some fantastic experience in helping people with a number of different aspects of their life. And I have personally heard feedback from from clients or from families that you have worked with that they just, they love you. <laughs> you do such a phenomenal job for them. That's the best compliment. Thank you. And uh, just helping them to live on purpose and to really take hold of their life in a way that, that helps them to get some traction. So I, w- I want to shift over to another little area Great. of emphasis for you. Some of our listeners may remember a, an ad that came out, oh, several months ago when you voiced an ad for Live On Purpose Radio, and it was about some of the infertility stuff you were doing, mm-hmm. as well as a seminar that you did on the female brain. Right. And this has intrigued me because I don't have one of those. <laughs> and there, I think all of our listeners, whether they're male or female, would love to understand a little bit more about this. Absolutely. And uh, I think this came from a book originally called The Female Brain. Right. Uh, by Dr. Luann Brizendine. Uh, Brizendine. Uh, yes. I'm sorry, Luann. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Brizendine, who is a neurological biologist. Yeah, is that yes. correct? Yep, she is. She um, has done a lot of work at um, Harvard University and Yale and also at UC Berkeley. Um, mm-hmm. She currently is... Um, the founder of the Women's Mood and, and Hormone Clinic in San Francisco. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so so this lady knows what she's talking about when yeah. it comes to, to the neuroscience behind the female brain. Yes. And you have developed some area of expertise in this, in this realm as well. Mm-hmm. And I have so much appreciated some of the input that you bring when we, when we discuss ways that we can help families and couples... Uh, particularly because there is a difference, isn't there? There's a major difference uh, in in all areas of functioning, in verbal expression, and emotional expression, and just in in our our ability to think at different levels. So we may be stirring up some things here, Summer, <laughs> if we get into this topic, because you know there's a lot of the uh, politically correct community out there that wants to advocate for equality. Mm-hmm. Now, and and I, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that we should discriminate against any group based on religion or sex or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there are some very distinct differences between men and women. And folks, if you haven't noticed this already, open your eyes. <laughs> Look around. And pay attention. <laughs> there are some some very meaningful and important differences between men and women. Right. And this extends to their brain. Uh, Obviously, you know, the ones that are most obvious are the bodily differences that we notice between Mm -hmm. men and women and the physical differences in the appearance, but in the way that they think and in the way that their emotions run. Mm -hmm. And all of the things about, uh, about the brain's functioning, there are some important differences. Right. Absolutely. So give us just a little overview of that. What, what, what excited you about this book and this concept that kind of inspired you to go forward and to do some additional work in this area? When I had heard about this book, I um, honestly could not put it down. I think I read the entire book in in a couple of days, given the fact that I was working full-time on those days too, but I could Mm -hmm. not put it down. And I took notes just 
constantly. I think for me as a, as a woman, it, it helped me kind of connect at a higher level of understanding about the role of hormones and their effect on, on actual reality and the emotional gender differences that um, we have and our, and especially what I thought was really intriguing and, and what this book has allowed me to do is kind of understand my relationships with other women and the interactions that I have with other women and, um, and which has, has benefited me on, on a professional level as well. So that when women come in and either it's moms and daughters or they're, um, you know, people are having difficulties at work with different relationships. It's really helped me kind of hone in on some areas of help for them. Just Mm -hmm. kind of basically knowing the, the understanding on a neurological level. And, um, honestly, it's probably, this is one of the most exciting books that I've ever read. I think after reading it, I really want to compliment every woman who made it to adulthood successfully. (laughs) It's really a battle to get there, to be honest, but it's wonderful. Well, I would like to to give you an opportunity then to introduce this topic to us. Okay. Now, as you were starting to talk about it, uh, there's a lot of words coming out here that uh, sound like these very, you know, clinical (laughs) kinds of terms and things that are coming up, but... Uh, but you found this very accessible information too. And I know that as you share it with people, you're able to convey it in a way that makes some sense to them. Right. And that's why I'm so excited to have you explain this to us a little bit. Thank you. You started talking about differences in hormones, for example, mm-hmm. and, uh, and some of the neurology that mm-hmm. that's going on in the female brain. Give us I don't know if I want the Reader's Digest version <laughs> or if I want the Sesame Street version. Or, <laughs> Somewhere you've in already the middle. thought this through, Summer. Help <laughs> us to understand where we're starting here. Absolutely. Well, and, and Paula, I think you made a great point earlier, which is a lot of the time we do offer or we do see the gender differences um, on, an, on an emotional level where we stereotype you know, men are this way, women are this way. But mm-hmm. again, after reading this book, I, it sounds kind of funny to talk about the effect of hormones and the, and the, and what the effect they have on our reality. But I do think it's so important to understand that because as women, our hormones in our body are constantly changing. They are, they are rapid fire moving all the time. And there is not, um, there's no pattern. <laughs> there's no way of kind of calculating, cal- calculating out, you know, where, where that person will be at the time. Um, and it really is just so intriguing to me. So one of the th- most important things that I think, again, that this may sound, um, you know, very hormonal based, but I, I want you to understand the differences of, of what these hormones play on us. And so the their most important thing I can say is that there is more than the big three hormones, um, of progesterone, estrogen, and testosterone. There's more than that, that play a factor in, in how we are and the effects that these have. For example, you know, estrogen is kind of like the mother of all hormones. It acts kind of as a friendly companion to other pleasure, um, pleasure seeking hormones like oxytocin, which is the bonding chemical. So anytime we feel close with someone, that's the chemical that's being released. And so, you know, knowing how important that is and and where you're at in that moment, that's when women are very friendly and very open. And there's another chemical that is kind of a sassy chemical, um, that Dr. Mm -hmm. Brizendine talks about. And I think of that as, um, really interesting because when we think of that, you know, how girls or women are interacting and they're kind of sassy, then that kind of gives us an idea of, of where they're at too and what hormones are playing a part. There's also the assertive kind of strong and powerful testosterone that plays a part and also, um, progesterone, which is our calming factor. So Mm. everyone loves that. And I, the reason again, that I know that's very, you know, 
neuro um, oriented, but I love to know, you know, how these are affecting our reality because truly, um, because of these hormones that play a factor, it really impacts and shapes, um, a woman's values and her beliefs and where her focus is that day. Mm. And this is a very chemical, chemically based experience. Absolutely. That's, uh, that's a very common thing too. Mm-hmm. So as as we begin to understand this, maybe it can give us some insights into what we can do if we want to take it a certain direction, or at least to understand what kind of an experience we're having. Right. I think for you know one of the things on my the commercial that I did a while ago that I said was this this book and this information I think is almost more helpful for men, um, mm. or maybe not maybe more, but just as helpful for men and and that it is for women. It's truly um, an, an interesting topic, that's for sure. One that I love. Regardless of what gender you are. Yes. <laughs> well, great. Maybe we can start to understand a little bit more about how this information can make a difference for us as we come back from this first break. Great. If the pile of books you want to read is growing faster than the pile you have read, then Abundant Reading Systems can help you. After taking Abundant Reading Systems course, I dramatically increased my ability to expand my knowledge in a much more efficient way. My fastest test today was in 7,000 words per minute. I highly recommend this program from what I've seen it do for other people who've been through the entire program and from what I've seen in myself today. I've teamed up with Abundant Reading Systems to offer a single-day intensive speed reading workshop that will at least double your reading speed, guaranteed. This belief started to grow inside of me that I thought, you know, I can really do this. I can read, you know, as fast as I let myself read and uh, ended up doubling my time, my speed reading time, which was really good. This is David Hinton, founder of Abundant Reading Systems. I want to personally invite you to join us for our next event. Visit AbundantReadingSystems.com now. Abundant Reading Systems, reading at the speed of imagination. This is Kirk Weasler to tell you about MoreBetterBooks.com. MoreBetterBooks.com is where you can find more better books for a more better life. Not only that, let me tell you about some of the very fun and cool select titles on morebetterbooks.com. You'll want to get a copy of The Dog Poop Initiative. This best-smelling book could change your life forever. It certainly changed the lives of thousands of Boeing employees, as well as school teachers, parents, leaders across the United States and in Israel and in Germany. And you can get your own copy at morebetterbooks.com. Whoa, that's not all. What about The Cookie Thief? This classic tale told in a rhyming format, fully illustrated with very fun hidden messages. Pick up a copy now today on morebetterbooks.com. Other great titles there, Finding Your Pathway to Mastery, Beyond Illusions, Make It Great. These titles are only available on morebetterbooks.com. Go to morebetterbooks.com today and begin to have a more better life and live that life on purpose. And when you love me, sure. You know, Summer, I think sometimes people have a tendency to, to stereotype. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's one of the risks that we run up against when we do a show like this, because we're talking about some of the tendencies 
or typical or stereotypical characteristics of, in this case, the female brain Mm -hmm. as compared to the male brain. Right. Right. We could just talk about the human brain. Uh (laughs) And there's, there's a lot of characteristics that we could describe as being common to the human brain. Mm-hmm. whether it's male or female, adult or child. But what you're saying and what I think Dr. Um, Brizantine, is, Tyne, Brizantine is talking, I'm going to get that name before the <laughs> end of this show, is talking about has to do with some some stereotypical characteristics of the female brain. Now, does this mean that every single female brain works in this way? No. And that's the point that I wanted to make, because Mm -hmm. there will still be individual differences. Definitely, always. It's our perception that plays a role in our reality, too, not just our our neurochemicals. Now, one thing that I've known as a psychologist is that, that women, in general, tend to be more focused on things like relationship and emotion and Mm -hmm. sort of an integrated view of their life. In fact, there's... I don't know if you were going to get to this part or not, but uh, when I did my my neuroanatomy class as part of my doctoral program, uh, they talked about some of the structural differences in the female brain versus the male brain. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that they pointed out, there's a structure in there called the corpus callosum. And this is a huge bundle of nerve fibers that actually kind of connects the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere of of the brain. And it's typically and on the average, larger in women Mm -hmm. than it is in men, suggesting perhaps that they have a higher capacity for integrating information. And and so for women, uh, they'll look at things in a much more integrated way. (coughs) Excuse me. Whereas men tend to be more compartmentalized or more task-oriented. Mm-hmm. or more kind of objective-driven. Right, solution-focused. Or solution-focused. That's mm-hmm. a good way to put it as well. Is this another thing that uh, that you've found, as you have done some research about this as well, that, uh, that that tends to play out because of the way that the brain is is designed for women? Yeah, I, I do. I think that it plays into a lot of different roles, you know, and as growing, growing up, even from small, small children, you can recognize the difference between emotion, um, between, you know, boys and girls at all mm-hmm. levels. There's mm-hmm. a statistic out there that, you know, between 11 and 13% of, um, there is 11 to 13% more neurons, um, in, in a woman's brain than a man's. And this is why they found that is because it is for specific areas of language and hearing. And, um, they can tell a difference mm. even in some like early, um, in utero like ex- um, examinations that they've been able to do that there, these language and hearing, um, parts of, of a female brain is detectable even at six weeks of in utero, the differences, there's a huge shift of what's important to girls and what is what is uh, at the time of their processing and and the importance of of a growing boy mm-hmm. and it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that again this is a stereotypical um mm-hmm. kind of sure. answer but it doesn't mean that that's not important it just is um understanding these differences these key differences means that we are neurologically different at expressing emotion as well as remembering details for 
specific emotional events. And I think, you know, a to-do, as we're kind of talking about, you know, what do we do with that information then, is to recognize, you know, that um, as women, that our spouses or the men that we're around are not being insensitive on purpose. That the things that they, you know, (laughs) don't remember, if they are thinking that your birthday isn't as big of a deal as you might think it is, it's not that they're not being sensitive. They're being being absolutely sensitive to what you're doing, but it's just at a different level. And I think as a woman, you have to kind of understand that um, so that you really can kind of hone in on different emotional events and different Mm. emotional experiences. So because of the way that the brain is designed, they're actually placing a a different level of importance or a different interpretation Mm -hmm. on an event. Yeah, I think. And and for me, I really like to look at it as as the second thing you said is it's a different interpretation of, of the event. It's not necessarily it's less, you know, less or more important. It's just a different way of thinking about it. <laughs> you know, I think of it one way and someone else thinks of it another um, we have, you know, as women kind of a deeper, we are able to form deeper connections and, and form connections a little bit more quicker. Mm-hmm. And, um, so again, you know, we'll recognize that in, in working with people and in having neighbors and friends and, um, recognizing, you know, that, that will probably be on a, um, an important list for, for women. <laughs> so that reminds me of a, uh, a joke that was shared <laughs> at one of our couples retreats. Oh, great. And sometimes when we do these couples retreats, I think what we're trying to do is get get two very different species here. <laughs> you know, men and women are different. Right. And trying to get them to come together in a way that they can actually communicate and connect and have a meaningful relationship despite their differences. Mm-hmm. And sometimes because of their differences. It's really our differences that attract us to each other. Yes. And that's the same thing that causes the conflict, and so that's the rub. Mm-hmm. But uh, in this joke, um, <laughs> uh, we do we do exercises sometimes with these couples, and it's just you know we'll have them think about certain things or write down certain things. And so in this particular exercise, uh, the couples are being asked to think about certain things that are important to their spouse. Mm-hmm. And so on the particular question that was asked. Uh, the the facilitator of the event said, now, husbands, I want you all to think of your wife's favorite flower, her favorite flower. Just see if you can do that and write it down on your paper. And this guy nudges his wife and says, I know this one. It's Pillsbury. <laughs> oh, no. And, you know, he may have been sleeping on the couch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but... This is just an example of how sometimes a different a different type of thinking right. might be triggered. I'm I'm hearing from what you're saying, Summer, that it might be triggered by some very fundamental chemical hormonal differences mm-hmm. as well as structural differences within the brain. Right. And the design is there for a lot of reasons. And if you think if you look at it just from a, a pure survival standpoint, uh I think typically and traditionally, women have had a very primary role in raising and nurturing children. Mm-hmm. And men have had more of a traditional role of, of you know, going out and bringing home the food, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. <laughs> um, and because of that, those are very different tasks. And because of that, I think that the brain has, has evolved and developed differently for men and for women. That, right. that may be one of the reasons. I don't know all of the theories behind the etiology of this or mm-hmm. where it comes from. 
but uh, it makes some sense when you start to think about it, why we have developed the way that we have. There's an, there's an adaptive quality of, of why we have you know, mm-hmm. developed that way and kind of an evolutionary, you know, quality that mm-hmm. is there too. Um, women mm-hmm. are definitely, you know, in, um, different roles as, as nurturers when there is an, a, on a neural chemical level, again, an innate ability to, you know, nurture and to want to take care of things and to, um, support and love and have compassion for people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. there's an innate difference an innate quality because men's primary, you know, primarily kind of an, um, and more of an animalistic goal is to take care and provide and protect. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, women is very nurturing and, and taking care of things. Um, not, not as much to in a providing or a protecting way. Mm-hmm. So there's these mm-hmm. huge differences. And I think if we kind of understand on an innate level, the, those differences, it's so important to, in, in our conversations with our spouses or, or like I said, with coworkers, even that we get where they're coming from a little bit. Um, I think, you know, as, as you were saying earlier, um, there's a chapter in, in Dr. Brizendine's book called the mommy brain. And she, um, talks about how it, this is the number one, um, that, that birth is the biggest reality change in a woman's life because there's a, ton of different chemicals and hormones that start to play a, a bigger part. And what, mm. what happens in this is again, just a sci- little scientific fact here, but the more that um, you focus on something, the more cells are created in your brain to um, allow you to do that. Mm. So with mothers, the, when you become a mother um, and birth a child, there is a lot more um, cells that are formed to be to have a mommy brain instead of just an individual brain. So not only are you having yours, but you're having um, the brain of of a mother and a caregiver as well. So it literally is altered when the second that you become a mother. Now, I I was talking to Vicky this morning, <laughs> and she sometimes jokes about this whole childbirth thing. We've got four children. And she she claims sometimes that a certain percentage of her brain was destroyed with each birth. And, <laughs> of course, she's joking about that. She's this remarkably intelligent and competent person. Uh, but I think she's kind of addressing that, too, that mm-hmm. the brain literally changes as a woman goes through this experience of giving birth mm-hmm. and having having a child. Yeah, it, and... Um what what Dr. Brizendine has kind of found is that motherhood, it literally alters the brain in not just a functional way, but it alters it structurally. And here's the kind of um, permanent word is irreversibly. That once oh, you become really? a mother, it's um, you're in mommy mode for quite a while. doesn't mean it doesn't change later on in life. There's some explanation of that as well, but it is mm. irreversible because you, you cannot take that away from a mother. That those new, wow. those important new feelings um, that are created there. Um, so, Summer, I have a question mm-hmm, about please. that because you know you and I have both worked with a lot of a lot of moms mm-hmm. who who go through things like depression and anxiety that they didn't ever experience before they had kids. But then once they have kids, wow, you know they're dealing with all of this stuff. Now, some of that can be attributed to the stress and the you know, just all of the demands that are placed on a woman when she is raising a child. Mm -hmm. But I think that there might be more to it than that. As I'm listening to you, I'm wondering if there are some things going on in the brain that actually might trigger 
some things that she's not used to experiencing Mm -hmm. from a very chemical base. Definitely. Well, I, on an, on a chemical base, anxiety and depression are, there's different chemicals that play a role. And so becoming a mother changes and alters those. And wow. Yeah. It's incredible. Well, we, uh, we have more to talk about. Yes, absolutely. Let's come back right after this break and we'll continue this discussion about the female brain. your life. I'm so glad that you've joined me for the Live on Purpose podcast. Please visit my website, drpaul.org. There you can subscribe to my weekly e-zine, Empower. Browse the events page to get connected with what's coming up or pick up some CDs or other great products. I also want to point you toward our sponsors, creationtreecoaching.com and producerretreats.com. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. Have you ever driven by a field full of gigantic windmills used to create energy? Those windmills are large structures and are costly to build. Is it possible that a similar windmill already exists but is not being used for energy? Well, a New York City-based company called Flux Lab discovered an existing field of windmills already installed and ready to create energy. Where are they? They are in the very buildings that need the energy. How about the revolving doors located at the entries of business buildings? Have you ever been through one of those revolving doors and thought, that was fun? Well, now they can be more than just fun. They can be the means of providing a large amount of energy. They call it the Revolution Door. Flux Lab has created a prototype for this idea and will be presenting it next month at a large exhibition. Headed by Jennifer Broughton and Carmel Trudell, Flux Lab is on its way to turning an existing door system into usable energy. Think of those expensive windmills all set up in a field in the middle of nowhere and then think of the thousands of revolving doors located inside each and every city. Congratulations Flux Lab on a revolutionary idea. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com with the World of Ideas Report. I've got a great idea. So this particular topic that we're on to right now, Summer, might be a very interesting one for people to tune in a little bit more because... we're constantly trying to figure out why we feel the way we do. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed this, especially for women as they go through different phases of their life or even just different cycles Mm -hmm. on a regular basis. And the emotions just come and go and they're, 
that are hard to understand sometimes and confusing. What what kind of light can you shed on this for us? There is. There is such a rapid fire um, transition between the, our reality of our day and the emotions during the day. And it really, mm-hmm. you know, again, go, it kind of goes back to a neurochemical level. And um, it's, it can be really confusing and really frustrating. And so you'll often hear women or, or girls, you know, younger girls say, I don't know why I feel that way. Mm-hmm. I do, or I don't know why I'm crying um, because they literally don't know. It doesn't make sense at the moment. They're feeling the kind of the influx of the emotion, but aren't quite able to make the connection to um, the thinking or rational part of their brain at the same mm-hmm. time that there's a, this emotional flood, mm-hmm. um, which is it, it is so apparent in all of our, you know, in all of our women in our life, we can recognize that. So if we know that, I think it's, it's a calming factor in a lot of ways to just take a minute and say, it's okay that I don't understand right now. Cause I will, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get it. I'll understand it, but I'm just going to take a break for a minute. And I think as, as women, um, we are really critical and hard on ourselves to, um, you know, the, meet the expectations of the day and meet the expectations of ourselves and of others. And so this is a huge factor to just take a minute, take a minute to just recognize where you're at and it's going to be okay. Cause you know what, probably the next day you're going to feel a totally different mm-hmm. influx of emotion. So take a minute mm-hmm. and just, and just break for that. Now I used to think that this was just a thing that happened because of, of different, uh, phases of life, you know, like pregnancy, for example, that's Mm -hmm. a really great example because in a pregnancy, there's this infusion of, of different hormones that aren't normally there for that woman. Yeah. And they're not as strong. They're not, they're definitely not as strong either. And until we've had this discussion here and I've started to think about it a little bit more, I didn't realize that, that some of that is actually some brain uh, phenomena. <laughs> there are some things that are actually going on physically, physiologically, neurophysiologically, right there inside of the brain mm-hmm. that are causing some of this. Right. And uh, it occurred to me also that if we really understand this, it would make a it would make a big difference if we could just not panic when these things happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to to men and women alike. Yes. Okay. Because for the, speaking for the men, you know, we should have had Vicky here <laughs> she because she's some- got so many great comments about this. <laughs> and uh, anyway, Vicky's said um, again jokingly before she says, "I would much rather be a woman." than to be a man and have to live with a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I'll second that, Vicky. <laughs> and I thought that was just just funny. Yeah. <laughs> because, uh, first of all, she's just wonderful to live with. Yes. But what she's saying is she's acknowledging that there are sometimes these sort of unpredictable surges or ups and downs or things that happen that are hard to explain. Mm-hmm. And I made the comment that it, it's going to be helpful. A helpful tool to have is don't panic. Right. right. Just, just hang on. Mm-hmm. Take a deep breath. Realize that this is just one of those chemical experiences that that can happen for no particular reason. Mm-hmm. And don't don't overreact to it. Absolutely. Whether you're a man or a woman. Right, because a lot of, again, a lot of the time, all we focus on is what we're seeing on an ex, on an expressive level of emotion. We see that someone's sad, or we see someone's angry, and so we put up our, you know, defensive defense mechanisms to kind of say, um, 
oh, they're mad or they're sad. I better respond that way. When mm-hmm. in reality, um, that may not actually be the correct emotion. And mm-hmm. so, you know, because women themselves may not understand exactly why they're feeling the way that they are, it's hard to just put an emotion on to somebody else. So even if we see sadness, it, it's often good to ask that in a question form. For example, mm. you know, are you feeling upset? Are you feeling sad? Um, more so than um, treat someone like they're sad without checking it out with them first because it might not be mm. accurate and mm. they might not even understand it. We've had my husband, Spencer, and I have had um, kind of interesting experiences with that too where we just kind of laugh sometimes because it will be... Um, different, you know, different kinds of emotional experiences. And we just laugh at each other. And eventually I'll say, you just can't understand because you don't have a female brain after reading this book. Um, mm-hmm. you don't understand what's going on in, in, in my head. And, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he just laughs. He thinks it's funny too. So we have some good conversation about this. It's kind of, it's an interesting experience. I think, you know, when you think of uh, families too, on that level, um, understanding your teenage daughters, this is another area that I'm really passionate about and we'll have to talk about it at a different time. But, um, this, there's an, um, chapter in this book called the teenage brain and it is so incredibly powerful. And for any parent who's trying to understand where their daughter is at, it is so important to be aware and, and read that. Um, information in there because it's we need to understand where they're at. Their reality is so far different than what we really think it is. Can can we go there at least a little sure, bit? Sure, absolutely. And that I think you're right. That may make a great topic for another show. You may recall that I had uh, three teenage boys right come and do the show with me, uh, and. I, there were some comments made that we are missing half the picture here because <laughs> you can't understand the teenage mind if you only understand the male teenage mind. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's very different. Yes, it is. And as parents, occasionally we'll we'll sort of think, well, you know, I was a teenager once. I remember. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> even if you do, okay, your brain and your your whole life has changed. <laughs> Since that time, and your brain has literally changed. This is part of what mm-hmm. I'm getting from our conversation today. Mm-hmm. As your brain changes, you don't see it the same anymore. No, when girls be- get into that teenage era, um, you know they their the social stress around them starts to go into overdrive, and uh, that is so critical. So much of of a teenage girl's confidence level comes from their ability to keep relationships, form and keep relationships. So whenever they feel left out or discouraged, um, whenever they feel saddened or, um, again, not included in a group, that is more so than it's, it's a stronger feeling than, than we kind of think it is. than we attribute it to, we often just think, Oh, you'll be fine. You'll be friends later or go meet new friends or, you know, just ignore them and, and leave it alone. But if girls, if teenage girls ignore that, that means they're ignoring their confidence. They're, they're going to let their confidence drop. Because this mm. this new surge of of hormones and chemicals is is so um, powerful that it it this it creates this social stress um, around them and they're more keenly aware of of what's going on around them than they have ever ever been in their life. Mm-hmm. What what would be your advice to parents in that case? You know, more most important thing is everyone wants to be listened to. It doesn't matter how old you are. But for teenage girls, you know, parents will often say, how do I get my daughter to talk to me? She just goes in a room and she won't talk to me anymore. And I think that's common with boys too, teenage boys as well. But the most important thing that you can do for them is if they do that, just let let them. 
but then go in and, and overwhelm them with love and support and just listen. I think solving girls, mm-hmm. teenage girls problems, any woman doesn't like, um, you know, problems just solve for them or any human, I should say, doesn't like mm-hmm. necessarily go do this, a directive, um, telling them what to do, but especially teenage girls go in and, and listen to them and let them talk, let them solve the problem in their own world. Because even though, you know, we are, we've gone there, we've been there before, we haven't really been in exactly the shoes that they're in. We've been mm-hmm. through some similar experiences, but listening to them and, and talking with them, giving them their space first, number one. And then secondly, just you know, loving and supporting them by listening and letting them kind of work out their problems and not being directive in what you tell them. Which is a great way also to boost and reinforce her confidence. Definitely. In herself. And sending that strong message, I know you can handle this. Mm-hmm. You are a remarkable, competent, intelligent person, and I know that you can handle this. And not, like you're saying, not being too quick to try to solve. Now, this is something about the male brain. I can just say, because uh, there's this toolbox approach yeah. uh, that men tend to have. And again, I don't want to overgeneralize this, but the averages and stereotypically we can, we can say that men are more compartmentalized and have kind of this toolbox approach. Mm-hmm. So if they see a problem, they want to grab a tool and fix it. Right. And that's the last thing sometimes that a woman wants to see happen. Absolutely. She wants to have more of the connection and more of the understanding. Well, and remember that the emotional processing is different in women than it is in men too. So men may process emotion completely. Not may. They do process emotion completely different. Um, mm-hmm. Which, you know, is, is critical because it isn't. It's almost, I think... One of the things, if I can say this this part along this area, if what you're bringing up, Paul, is that um, because there is an emotional processing difference, they can interpret, men may interpret the emotional meaning a little bit different and then get kind of frustrated because it's taking so long because they can't figure out how the person's feeling. Mm-hmm. And so they'll get frustrated and that's why they want to fix it. It's not a matter of I don't care, so I just want to fix it and get it over with. It's that sometimes because there's an, a longer length of processing for men uh, on surrounding emotion than there is for women, they get frustrated with it and want to solve it and fix it and make it better for you. Mm-hmm. Or it's an indicator to them that something is broken. Yes. Not just that they're having this experience. Right. <laughs> so those are some important differences too. Yeah. Now, the you've read in this book uh, that there are developmental changes as well as gender differences. Mm-hmm. As, as a woman goes through her life, for example, she's going to have some some different kinds of brain chemistry and even brain structures at a young age than she will as a teen versus as an adult mm-hmm. or or after she's had children or right. whatever it is. Right. What what are you finding summer especially <laughs> as you work with people? What do you think is some of the most helpful ways that people have found to apply this knowledge? I believe, for example, that knowledge itself can be very helpful, mm-hmm. but it makes more sense that if you can find a way to apply it, it's going to be even more helpful. So I just want to pick your brain a little bit about that and what kinds of things you've found that that people have found to be helpful in applying this knowledge. Sure. Absolutely. I think, you know, that's probably one of the reasons that I was so passionate about this book in the first place is because it had these different 
areas of knowledge pieces. And, mm-hmm. and um, I, I definitely will tell you that in just a moment. After the break. That's right. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Jason Adams, one of the co-founders of CashflowParadigm.com. We created Cashflow Paradigm as a way to help others look at money differently. What are your beliefs about money? Is it good or bad? Many people have beliefs that limit their control over money and don't even realize it. The thing most people don't realize is that their beliefs about money greatly affect the amount of money and prosperity they have. It's all about your paradigm. Come play a fun game with us called Cashflow 101 created by best-selling author Robert Kiyosaki. Come meet new people and check your paradigm as we learn principles that govern our personal and financial lives while having fun together. Currently, we are holding monthly game nights in Provo and St. George, Utah. Go to our website at www.cashflowparadigm.com to register for upcoming events. That's www.cashflowparadigm.com. This is Dr. Paul. You've heard me talk about a lot of things on this show, and I've interviewed some pretty amazing guests. I love what I do, and one of the nearest things to my heart is my role as a husband and father. I've worked a lot with others who place a strong emphasis on family, and I feel this is my primary purpose, to help others save and enrich their key relationships. It's in this spirit that I invite you parents to join me for a free weekly dose of parental power. Register for this free teleconference at drpaul.org or send me an email at drpaul at creationtreecoaching.com. You will receive an email with the call-in number and access code. The calls are live every Tuesday morning from 1130 to 12 o'clock Mountain Time. I'd love to be part of your parenting team. So we got you warmed up just before the break, Summer, <laughs> to start to share with us some of the what ifs and some of, or not the what ifs, but the so what's. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are we going to do with this knowledge? What can we do? And I want to reiterate one that we've already talked about, and that is don't panic. Right. When you, when you see these differences, it's not a bad thing. Differences are wonderful. Differences are what make us interesting to each other. Mm-hmm. So if you're a man and you're trying to figure out how how the woman in your life is thinking, and you don't understand it, don't panic. Right. Or if you're a woman and you can't figure out why your husband doesn't understand you, don't panic. You're more normal than you feel. Mm -hmm. And if you're a parent and you don't understand your kids, same thing, don't panic. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so don't panic. You're normal. You're more normal than you feel. Yes. It will probably change again. Be, Be aware that it will change. Probably within the next 24 hours, you'll feel something totally different and... And it's and it's such a relief to know that. I think of on the hardest days that I have, I I just recognize that you know what, it's just a moment, and mm-hmm. it will be different tomorrow. So it's kind of like the weather here in Utah. Yes, it is. If you don't like the weather, <laughs> wait five minutes. That's right. right. You'll get something new. <laughs> a beautiful snowstorm <laughs> the other day. Nice sunny weather today. So, um, 
The whole discussion we're having, though, also speaks to another thing that I think is one of the so what's. Educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Find out what whatever you can. Gain the knowledge about what these differences are. But I, I want to put a warning in here, too. Don't stereotype. Yes, absolutely. There's, you know, of, of, all, of all things that I, I really truly learned about this, and, and I've shared this book with so many people because of the impact that it had on me, but I, I definitely am not one to say, you know, take it and then place blame or take it and mm-hmm. then criticize and be critical. That is absolutely not the intent of, you know, my passion for this, or I, I definitely know, or of Dr. Rosendine's. It's an education mm-hmm. tool. It's understanding, you know, different things. We don't talk about stuff like this. We just talk about, you know, emotion, sad, mad, happy, frustrated. We just talk about the simplicity of the emotion. But I think, you know, understanding them, understanding where emotion comes from and increasing mm-hmm. your emotion, your emotional intelligence is almost as important, if not more important, I believe, than than any other intelligence areas so that we can communicate more effectively mm-hmm. with each other. And don't use it as a crutch either. No. Or as no. an excuse. Uh, it's It's one thing to understand what's going on with you so that you can experience a higher level of control about it. Mm-hmm. And it's a very different thing to say, well... I can't help it. I'm just this way because. That's one of my biggest um, annoyances, I guess, is is mm. allowing, you know, behavior or th- the way that we respond to people to be just, that's how I am. So deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I think, no, yes, this is how you, this is might might be a part of who you are, but this is not how you need to be. This isn't, is this isn't your behavior. It doesn't need to be the way that you think. So when I said at the very beginning of the show that it's just as important for men to read this, it's not for men to, you know, for women to say, see, so, you know, now, you know, and this is why I act the way that I do. So deal with it. it. Yeah. Uh It's just a matter. I love it for men because I think that, you know, on that deep sensitive level that all men have of their compassion and their love for their wife, that they will be able to understand where they're at that day and better support them. And same for women, that they will understand these differences within themselves and respond maybe more appropriately and more compassionately with their spouses Mm -hmm. in return. So having that understanding and then using that information productively, Mm -hmm. not like a victim. No. Remember, there's those two basic paradigms. You're going to be a victim or you're going to be a hero. Mm -hmm. And if you choose the victim route, you're going to use this as an excuse or to blame or to stereotype other people. And that is not the intent. Right. That is not Dr. Brizendine's. Did I get it right? You got it, Paul. That is not Dr. <laughs> Brizendine's intent either, and she's not here to speak for herself, but I'm pretty confident about that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you said also something about taking this information to become more self-aware. Mm-hmm. Talk about that for a minute. Well, I think self-awareness is one of those pieces or areas of exploration that we all need to have. I think, you know, sometimes I walk past the self-help area in Barnes and Noble and I see people kind of almost laughing or, you know, thinking that that's a kind of a ridiculous area of books to information to look at. And I think, you know, that's just the opposite for me. Any way Mm. that we can reach out for guidance and reach out for help um, and support and just being more aware of where you're at. Awareness is the most important one. One of the most important principles I'll say that I think we can have is, is being aware, Mm. being aware of your surroundings, being aware of yourself, how you're feeling, what your body feels like, what your brain is feeling like. 
um, what others around you are experiencing because your, your perception of what's going on does not mean truth. Number one, it doesn't equal truth and it doesn't equal, you know, what other people are feeling either. So just being self-aware is, is Mm. such a powerful educator to me. Which will also increase your ability to be aware of others. Mm Mm-hmm. And to start to tune in perhaps more empathically to what their experience is. Definitely. Which is going to just catapult your relationships to the next level. Right. If you can pull that off. And that's, you know, again, a comment I made earlier on that this book helped me really understand my relationships with other women um, just by reading this and and, uh, being aware of where they might be at too. I am so much less... um, you know, judgmental in, oh, they're just having a bad day. I'll leave them alone. Mm -hmm. But yet I really try to understand, you know what? I don't know where they're at and it's, it's not my place to figure out where they're at. I'm just going to, you know, be there for them and support them the best way that I can and recognize Mm -hmm. that they're just probably experiencing something that I'm not aware of and that, Mm -hmm. and that that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's right. We all have such a wonderful breadth of experience and such, such varied experiences and mm-hmm. if we could really start to tune into that and increase our awareness. I love what you were saying about awareness, Summer, because you're starting to notice some of the, just the, um, what, am, what am I looking for? The variety of human experience. And you only have your own little piece. Mm-hmm. But if you can tune into what other people are experiencing, that just increases the depth of your experience. Definitely. Absolutely. So monitor, become more self-aware, pay attention and and be aware mm-hmm. of what your experience is. And then, Summer, during the break, you were talking about three C's. <laughs> Can you share that with our listeners? I would love to. This is a concept that I just I share with everybody, um, in particularly with the female gender, um, because we are definitely more classic at doing the three C's, and they are compare, compete, and criticize. Um, mm. And, you know, typically, again, um, women are a lot more apt to do these things at, at all ages. It doesn't go away with teenage years. Um, women are very sensitive, again, because our confidence is very driven by um, how many people care about us and how many people are aware of us and know us and how many people like us and, um, you know, that kind of area. So we are very, um, we compare a lot and we criticize a lot more um, and then we compete with each other and it's, and, and if we are aware of that, there, that goes back to my awareness piece. If we're aware of these three C's, I, I can promise you, here's my challenge for all those that are listening. Okay. I want you to be aware and just recognize where you're at when it comes to comparing, competing and criticizing, recognize where, what you're doing that day. You'll be surprised how, how often you hear yourself doing those things and how often you'll hear other people doing those things. And that, to me, is the biggest, now what do I do with this information? Be aware of the three C's and watch and be careful about them. You know, mm-hmm. recognize when, when they're happening around you and be, be in a different place. Be more supportive, be more loving and, and caring towards those around you and including yourself because <laughs> mm-hmm. these are not external only things. These are also internal three C's. So definitely right. be aware of them. Oh, and that's a, that's a powerful point that you just made because the comparing, the competing, the criticizing, I have found with, with a lot of my clients, and not just the female clients that mm-hmm. I have, but, but with a lot of my clients, that that becomes the more brutal battle mm-hmm. happens internally. 
Absolutely. And there's there's people that I know who are very, very sensitive about not criticizing someone else, but then inside, wow, they're just beating themselves up like crazy. Mm-hmm. So compare, compete, criticize. Right. But you're saying don't do that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> be aware. Be on the lookout for those. Clarify that. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's powerful. So quick recap. Don't panic. You're normal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Notice the differences. Start to understand the differences, but don't stereotype. Mm-hmm. And don't use it as a crutch or right. an excuse. Right. Begin to monitor and become more self-aware. And this this goes right along with the education that we're talking about and getting that knowledge, mm-hmm. but applying it specifically to yourself and noticing how do I feel? What patterns am I seeing for myself? Mm-hmm. And having that level of awareness, not only for yourself, but then for others around you, and particularly those who are in within your key relationship circle. Right, right. And then look out for those three C's, compare, compete, and criticize. Yes. Wow. This is great, Summer. I'm glad that you brought this topic to the table today. Oh, thank you. Now, let's highlight that book one more time. And I've got the website right here. I was just going to pull it up. You can get to Dr. Luann Brizendine at, uh, well, she has a blog and uh, a website at luannbrizendine.com. Or you can just Google, you can Google the female brain. This mm-hmm. is the book that she's come out with, and it's uh, it's a very popular book. It's selling well. It appears to. Yes, it is. <laughs> and so you can go through her website. You can also go to liveonpurposeradio.com, and where this show is posted, you will find a little link there where you can just click right through to purchase that book if you would like to. And so that's available to you at liveonpurposeradio.com. Summer, how can people get a hold of you? if they want to find out more about what you're doing or or maybe make contact with you? Probably the best. I have a couple of options in there. Okay. Um, the phone number that is best to reach me at is 801-221-0223. And my extension there is 3113. And okay. um, I, I said that I email address earlier, which is summeramorris at yahoo.com. I also am available at summer at creationtreecoaching.com. Mm-hmm. And I have my uh, blog site for Infertelligence. And the, again, that's infertelligence.wordpress.com. And that's a fantastic blog. I've read several of your posts there. Thank you. Uh, I think we'll put a copy of this of this podcast right there on the post as well. Yes. Um, and that's a great way, by the way, to uh, to interact with people that are here on the show. If they have a blog, you can actually go to their blog site and you can post comments and have an interaction with them that way. You can also do that at liveonpurposeradio.com. So I'd encourage you, if you enjoyed this show, or if you didn't enjoy this show, or if you have (laughs) any kinds of comments about it, feel free to go to liveonpurposeradio.com and click on the post to to leave your comment. You can do that, and we'd love to see what you have to think. Summer, thank you again for joining me today. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Has been a pleasure as always. I want to encourage all of you listeners to go out there, use this information productively, go out there and share it with other people and live on purpose. We'll be back next time.